here on a Friday night. This is the place to be, not down Staley Vegas, ordering your kebab and your pint, but here in the house of God, seeing what the Lord is going to do and hearing a tremendous message of hope, a message of the promises of God. And um, it's great pleasure tonight to um, welcome our speaker, Andrew Murray. Um, I've heard Andrew speak on a number of occasions and as he shares tales of, of the amazing things that God has done through his ministry all over the world, it just builds your faith and he gives you an expectation because God's not dead. And that is good news today. And it's probably worth more than the amen that that got. God's not dead. Amen. He's still moving. He's still saving. He's still healing. He's still setting the captives free all over the world. But, um, but they won't put it on the BBC News, and, um, and they didn't even really like our adverts for this event on Facebook either. They kept on getting kicked off, and we kept on having to repost them, and then a few hours later they'd be kicked off again. But you know what? The good news is that God is on the move, and Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave, and it's so wonderful tonight just to be able to celebrate the goodness of God and see what God will do in this place. And I'm sure every single one of you are going to leave tonight not just encouraged, but touched by the power of God. And um, I've heard Andrew speak on several occasions over um, probably a period of five or six years, and I'm sure you're going to be blessed. So as Andrew comes up, um, let's give him a welcome, and then we'll pray. Lord, I thank you for Andrew, and I thank you for his testimony of the amazing things that you've done in and through his life and through his ministry, Lord. And I just pray that um, as he shares the word and as he opens up to see what you'll do in this place tonight, Lord, that you'd empower him mightily by the power of your spirit, Lord. We believe him for great things to come, greater things to come and greater things still to be done in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, mate. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Everyone doing well? Great. It's wonderful to be with you in Revive Church here in uh, Staley Bridge. I'm uh, on the leadership team of Revive Church in East Yorkshire. So um, it, to say good evening, Revive Church, I'm used to that. Uh, but the accents are a little bit different, but uh, not too different. It's wonderful to be with you in church on a Friday night. Who's excited to be here? who's excited to be in the presence of God, who's believing God to do some great things tonight. Amen. Uh, those that, that don't know me, um, I lead a ministry called Generation Builders. Um, I just travel around the world telling people about Jesus and uh, just so excited, so uh, happy to be with you tonight. Uh, before I get into God's Word, I um, just want to let you know um, that I do have some resources on the table at the back. Um, this book... Um, came out last week. Um, it's called The Sound of Heaven. Um, I noticed a pattern as I read the Bible, which is this, that whenever God does something new, it's always accompanied by a new sound. 
whether that be God walking, the sound of God walking in the Garden of Eden, whether it be the dry bones coming back to life in Ezekiel, or the sound of a mighty rushing wind on the day of Pentecost. Whenever God moves, there's always a new sound. And I believe that at the start of this decade, it's a roaring 20s. I believe that God is roaring a new sound over the church in the United Kingdom. And so this book is full of prophecy, full of hope, full of testimony about what I believe that God is saying uh, to the church today, how we can hear heaven's sound and how we can carry that sound uh, wherever we go. Um, so uh, there are some copies of that at the back. Uh, this book came out last year. It's called The Miracle Table, Rediscovering the Power of Communion. Uh, tonight's a healing service. We've had so many people uh, receive healing and miracles as they've uh, listened or read the, the, the messages in this book. Um, I believe you'll never take communion in the same way again. I believe there's a promise of healing around the Lord's table. There's a promise of breakthrough and blessing and, and encounter. And that's what that's about. And finally, uh, this book is called Seeing the Church, When Your Purpose collides with God's passion. I believe that Jesus loves the church, that God has a plan and a purpose for the church, and uh, and that's what that book's about. There's also some drop cards there. They're little business cards that will take you to a website link, and you can download audio messages. I've got a series called The Power in the Blood, 20 messages on the blood of Jesus, and also uh, 20 messages on faith as well. So all that stuff's at the back, and you can pay either uh, cash or on card as well. Uh, But we're going to pray right now and we're going to get into God's word together. God, I want to thank you that you are here tonight by your Holy Spirit. God, I want to thank you that your anointing breaks yokes. Your anointing destroys strongholds. God, your anointing uh, moves mountains and changes lives and circumstances. And so tonight I want to ask Holy Spirit, that you will just come and move in this place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible tonight, I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 1. So tonight, real simple, I just want to preach for a little bit and then we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to do some miracles tonight. Amen. He's a healer. He's a miracle worker. Um, we just lay a platform for him to move through the Word of God. And in um, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, the Apostle Peter writes these words, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope are in God. Is anyone glad tonight that they've been redeemed? Anyone glad tonight that they belong to God? that they've been rescued out of darkness, out of sin, out of bondage, and now they're part of the kingdom of light. And that verse tells us that we have been redeemed, not with silver or gold, not with perishable things, but we have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. 
And uh, what I want to preach to you tonight is a, is a, is a message that uh, may not be particularly uh, modern or trendy or contemporary, but I believe that the DNA of the gospel and that the beating heart of the power of God is contained in the message of the blood of Jesus. And God began to speak to me uh, the, as, we, as we came into 2020. This year, preach about the blood of Jesus and watch what the Holy Spirit will do. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus is precious. Everyone say precious. We have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. That means it holds extreme value. I believe the most valuable commodity in heaven or on earth is the blood of Jesus. I want to tell you tonight, I believe passionately that every issue in your life has been met with the blood of Jesus. I don't know, we've got maybe 50, 60 people tonight. That's at least 60 problems. That's at least 60 areas where we need a miracle. It might probably double, triple, quadruple that. I don't know. But I know this, the answer to every need, the answer to every situation, to every circumstance, to every family is provided through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. That's why the message of the blood of Jesus is not an old-fashioned, message, but it's relevant to every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. And I believe tonight, as we, as we, we look for a few moments about the power that there is in the blood of Jesus, I believe that faith is going to rise and that, uh, that miracles are going to take place. We sung the very first song tonight. We declared that his blood breaks the chains. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that what we sung is truth tonight? That the blood of Jesus breaks every chain. When Jesus died on the cross, seven places, his blood was, I don't say uh, spilled. Some people say spilled, that makes it sound like it was an accident. But who knows that Jesus willingly gave, gave his life. He laid down his life for me and you. But seven places, the blood of Jesus was poured out. Uh, firstly, in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he prayed, he sweated drops of blood. And then as he was taken and he was tortured by the Roman soldiers and they, uh, they beat him over the, the face with a staff and, and blood poured from his beautiful face and they put a crown of thorns upon his head and blood flowed from his head. Then they whipped him and blood flowed from his back. And then, of course, his hands and feet as they pierced him. And finally, his side as a spear was put through his side and blood on water flowed. Friends, I want to tell you tonight that that was the great exchange, the divine exchange that took place on Calvary. He was punished so that we could be forgiven. He was wounded so that we could be healed. He was made sin so that we could be made righteous. He tasted death. Now we have eternal life. He was made poor. We share his abundance. He was rejected. We are accepted. He was forsaken. We are adopted as children of God. He wore a crown of thorns. We share a kingdom of light. He was found guilty. We can walk in freedom. He took the wrath of God. We receive the peace of God.
Our rebellion came on Jesus. His goodness comes on us. He was made a curse. Now we can receive the blessing. Can you say amen tonight? Yeah, come on. You can give Jesus a a round of applause tonight. I, I want to uh, I want to say four uh, four things tonight. Four, I've got a uh, I've got proper points tonight. This is a proper message. Um, I've got four points, and we might we'll, we'll get through at least three of them, and hopefully the the fourth one. But uh, four things that we can receive through the blood of Jesus tonight. The first one is this: that through the blood of Jesus, we are made right with God. Uh, the very first dysfunctional family was not found on the Jeremy Kyle show. But actually long before that, um, Adam and Eve had two sons, one called Cain and one called Abel. And you read in Genesis chapter 4 that there was a falling out between these two brothers. And Cain tricked his brother Abel. He got him alone in a field and he killed him and he spilled Abel's blood. And then he must have covered up the body and thought that he got away with it. But then God spoke and said, where is your brother? And Cain must have breathed a sigh of relief because he thought, well, if if God doesn't know where he is, I really have got away with it. But then God makes this incredible statement. Now, there are some things in the Bible that I kind of get. But then there are some things that are a mystery. And this is one of the mysteries. God said to Cain, the voice of your brother's blood speaks to me from the ground. And here's the mystery. That blood has a voice that speaks to God. And I guess thinking of kind of a contemporary example, the police will use pathologists. And if there was, if there's a crime, if there's a murder, if I as someone, you know, I walk into a room where there's just blood everywhere, I know that something bad has happened. But that's about it. But who knows that experts, that blood speaks to them. That blood tells them a story. And God said to Cain, your brother's blood speaks to me. Here's here's the really wild thing. Even though that story happened thousands of years ago, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the blood of Abel still speaks to God. Even though his blood was shed thousands of years before, right at the dawn of time, there is still a sound in that blood that speaks to God. And it cries out for vengeance. It cries out for revenge. It cries out for justice to be done. But here's a powerful thing. The Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus also speaks to God. That's why even though Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, his blood here tonight is still speaking to God on your behalf and on my behalf. 
even though here in Staley Bridge tonight, in 2020, you know, 2,000 years ago after Jesus died on the cross, the blood of Jesus still speaks to God for me and you. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You see, tonight the blood of Jesus cries out forgiveness. The blood of Jesus cries out mercy. The blood of Jesus cries out redemption and salvation. The blood of Jesus cries out salvation. Is anyone glad about that tonight? In, let me, in 1857 in the United States, a man called Duff Armstrong was arrested for murder after he had been accused of killing a man in a drunken bar fight. And it seemed like it was an open and shut case because there was a, an eyewitness to the crime. At the, while Duff Armstrong got into this altercation outside the bar, there was someone over the road who watched Duff Armstrong seemingly kill this man. There was an eyewitness. It was an open and shut case. Duff Armstrong could not find a lawyer to represent him. So finally, a young lawyer who had a pretty kind of mixed career, he said he would act as a defense witness for Duff Armstrong. And in the courtroom, this defense lawyer got out an almanac that told the court the position of the moon on that particular night, in that particular location, and therefore cast doubt that the eyewitness could have seen clearly what happened on that night. Duff Armstrong was acquitted. And overnight, that lawyer became the most famous defense lawyer in the country. His name was Abraham Lincoln, and he became the 16th president of the United States. Who, if you were ever accused of a crime, would like a defense lawyer like Abraham Lincoln fighting for your case? I want to tell you tonight that, that you have the best defense lawyer going, and that is the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus speaks to God on your behalf. When you stand before God, you have an enemy who is the accuser. And he will tell you that you are no good. He will tell you that you are unworthy. He will bring up your past. He will remind you of your struggles. He will leave you in guilt and shame. He will tell you that you are nothing. Sometimes we don't even need the devil. Sometimes we look in the mirror. And, and I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I look in the mirror and I think, how could God ever use me? How could God ever bless me? We're continually reminded of our, of our inconsistent prayer life of our sins and faults and failures. But I'm so glad that tonight there is something that speaks on my behalf to God and it's called the blood of Jesus. 
And the blood of Jesus declares tonight that I am forgiven. The blood of Jesus declares that we are free. The blood of Jesus declares that we are righteous. The blood of Jesus, I want to tell you tonight, it speaks louder than your past. It speaks louder than your struggle. It speaks louder than your shame. It speaks louder than any secret sin or addiction. Whatever it is in your life that that makes you feel dirty and unclean and not good enough, I want to tell you the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any of it. When we stand before God, which we all will do one day, the Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father and his name is Jesus. And our confidence, our trust tonight is not in our behavior, not in our performance, but it's in the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. There is only one way to heaven and that is through the blood of Jesus. There is only one way to be saved and that is through the blood of Jesus. There is only one way to forgiveness and finding peace with God and that is through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. I want to declare tonight um, that I'm victorious, that I'm an overcomer that I'm blessed, that I can pray with boldness and confidence, that I can receive all that God has for me, not because I'm good enough, but because his blood has made a way. And that blood has made a way for you as well tonight. Can someone say amen? Amen. So the first thing that the blood does is it makes us right with God. The second thing is this, the blood heals. The blood heals. Psalm 103 says this, that God is a God who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. Do you believe that tonight? That our God not only forgives, but he heals. And the blood of Jesus is the method of both forgiveness and of healing. Uh, Hundreds of years before Jesus died, the prophet Isaiah uh, prophesied of the death of Jesus on the cross. And these are the words that Isaiah, uh, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53. Speaking of Jesus, he says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes or by his wounds, we are healed. A Roman flogging was such a brutal experience that there are stories that many men actually died before they were crucified just because of how brutal the flogging was. A Roman flogging, Jesus would have been stripped and tied to a post and he would have been whipped with a leather whip that was entwined with bits of bone and metal. And as the the whip came down on his back, it would have dug into his flesh. And as they pulled it back, his, his back literally would have been ripped open. It was a horrendous thing. And 50... uh uh, what was the number they say that 50, uh, sorry, 39 times Jesus would have been flogged. I'm not saying these things tonight to kind of gross you out or to, uh, to, to kind of um, 
get your attention. I'm saying them tonight to show you how much Jesus wants you healthy. Because there was a price to pay for our healing. But Jesus paid it. How can you say tonight that God doesn't want us to be healed? How can we say tonight that God does, it's not God's will or desire that you receive your miracle tonight? Jesus went through the most horrendous experience so that you can leave this place tonight healthy, healed and whole. Can someone say amen tonight if you believe that? 39 times he was flogged, but it says that by his stripes we are healed. It says, surely he took up our infirmities. That word infirmity in the Hebrew, it means illness, sickness, affliction or wound. It's speaking about physical healing. Uh, That word affliction, it's speaking very specifically about physical healing. (coughs) physical illness, disease, pain. And the Bible says Jesus took it. He took it when he died on the cross. Our God is a healer. His blood still speaks. His blood still heals. His blood still sets the captives free. I could tell you tonight story after story of the miraculous healing power of God. Um, In our church just two weeks ago, it was a moment, it wasn't even a, a real powerful kind of holy moment that the person leading the meeting just said, turn to the person next to you and put your hand on the shoulder. And I, I turned to a, a guy next to me, he's actually a, an international uh, footballer, for, he plays international football for England. Before you get too excited, it's for, uh, it's for kind of uh, the, the special needs kind of uh, age bracket, but he, he f- travels around around Europe, they the, uh, representing his country. But for the past two years, he's had a real painful uh, knee injury. And literally, as we just prayed for him, um, he said that his knee just popped out and popped in again. And he was miraculously healed after two years of being in complete agony. So... Um, any Man United fans, you want me to pray for Marcus Rashford afterwards? Well, we'll get, we'll get his number, but... Um, Oh, John's, John doesn't want me to pray for that. Well, um, friends, God heals. You know, I've got a, a friend, Colleen. Um, Colleen lives in Rotherham. And about three, four years ago, um, I, I was in a, a service where Colleen was. About five years before this, uh, Colleen had been to the, sorry, seven years before this, Colleen had been to the swimming baths and she'd fallen and had an accident and broken some of the bones in her back. And it had not been diagnosed uh, correctly. And it had left her in a terrible state. She was um, kind of lame in one leg and partially lame in the other leg. Um, she'd kind of got all these internal injuries that had left a doubling continent. She got a serious form of diabetes. She had a harness to get her in and out of bed. Uh, she had to have a mobility scooter. Her husband became a full-time carer. And she'd lived like this for, for seven years. And she came in on a, on a Sunday night and she'd been prayed for a number of times, but she just had this sense that, that that was her night. 
And as we just prayed for her, she was just overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. And she couldn't stand and she, she kind of ended up lying on the carpet. And while she was there, the Holy Spirit just touched her. And a few minutes later, she got up totally healed by the power of God. Uh, the bones in her back were knit her back together again. She got full use of her legs. All her internal problems were sorted out. Even the diabetes went everything. Uh, She went to the doctors. The doctor had tears in her eyes saying, we can only put this down to a miracle from God. Her little granddaughter, five years old, had been born after the accident. So she'd never been able to pick up her granddaughter. But there in the living room, she picked up her granddaughter and spun around the room, both of them in floods of tears. Friends, that is God. That is Jesus. That is what his blood can do. By his stripes were healed. He took up our infirmities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Everyone say peace. If there's one thing that this world is desperate for, wouldn't you say it's peace? And those of you who know the Bible, you'll know that the Hebrew word for peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And it means, yeah, it means peace, but it means more than that. It means wholeness. Who knows there's a world full of broken people? And who knows, you know, tonight is a healing night. But who knows that healing is not always physical. Sometimes people can be perfectly healthy physically. But actually they're the most broken, most damaged people. I mean, how many people today suffer from mental health problems, stress, anxiety, depression? Isn't it the number one killer of men right now is not, you know, cancer or heart disease, it's suicide. But the blood of Jesus not only heals bodies, but it gives peace to minds. It makes broken hearts whole again. I don't believe that it's a coincidence that the first place where Jesus shed his blood was from his head as he sweated in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. They say that you will sweat blood if you are under extreme psychological pressure. I don't believe it's a coincidence that that was the first place where Jesus shed his blood. It's showing us that his blood was shed, not only for spiritual healing and physical healing, but also to heal people's minds from psychological, mental health issues, whatever it may be. The blood of Jesus can set you free, give you peace and make you whole tonight. Um, I was um, in, in a service a couple of years ago in Chesterfield and uh, there was a lady in the service I was preaching on healing and I said, um, you know, come to the front if you want prayer and, and lots of people came out and uh, th- there was a, a young lady there called Hannah and I kind of, I probably didn't explain it as well as I should have but I said, I'm going to ask what you want prayer for and you tell me what you want prayer for and I'll pray for you. Now, Hannah was stood there and she had two issues. Um, for, for a number of years, Hannah had suffered from chronic anxiety. And it had so destroyed her life that she couldn't sleep. Uh, she was struggling to eat. She couldn't work. She couldn't function. She was having thoughts of taking her own life. It was just terrible, terrible mental health problems. 
Hannah also had given birth to a, to a daughter about three, four years before, and it had left her with serious pain in her hip. So she had problems walking. And so um, I said, I, I'm, I'm going to ask what you want prayer for. You tell me and I'll pray for it. And Hannah thought that I meant you could only ask for one thing. Uh, so she thought, well, do I ask for prayer for my hip or for the anxiety? And as I was getting closer and closer, you know, she was getting more anxious, uh, kind of uh, wondering what to ask for. And finally, she kind of realized, well, you know what? I can live with the physical pain, but this kind of, this anxiety is just overwhelming my life. I can't cope with it anymore. So when I asked what she wanted to pray for, she said, uh, I struggle with anxiety. She didn't go into any more details. And so I just laid hands on her and just prayed that the Holy Spirit, We'll just lift that, break that off of her life and give her peace and, and then moved on. And a year later, she emailed me and said, I've left it a year because I wanted to make sure it really worked. But she said, from that night, that stronghold of anxiety was broken off of my life. I've got peace. I've got a sound mind. But she said what even was even more remarkable was it wasn't until I got home that I realized that the pain in my hip had been totally healed as well. Not only did she get what she asked for, but she got what she didn't ask for as well. Isn't our God a good God? The power of his blood. It, it makes us right with God and it heals. Number three, his blood delivers. Delivers. We, again, we sung it earlier on. His blood breaks every chain. Hebrews 2.14 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Colossians 2.15 says that Jesus has disarmed the powers and the authorities, making us public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. John 10.10 tells us that the thief, our enemy, comes to steal, kill and destroy. The devil hates your life. He wants to destroy your joy. He wants to destroy your peace. He wants to attack your finances. He wants to attack your marriage. He wants to attack your children. He wants to attack your community. But there's good news tonight. The blood of Jesus has stripped him of all his power and all of his authority. The Bible says tonight that we have overcome the enemy through what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You know, tonight you can live in victory. Tonight you can be an overcomer. Tonight you can have joy. You can have peace. Tonight your finances can, uh, can flourish. You can have a fantastic marriage. You can have children that grow up to be men and women of God. God wants to move in this church and in this community. He wants to strip the enemy of all of his power. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we pray as a church, when we pray and we declare the power that is in the blood of Jesus, we are fighting with a weapon that knows no defeat. And I want to tell you tonight that in what, if you are here tonight and in any area of your life or circumstances, you feel like you are being attacked. 
You feel like the enemy has just come in and he's stolen something from your family. Or maybe he's stolen your joy. He's stolen your passion or purpose. Whatever it may be. I want to say that tonight the fight back begins right here. That tonight we're going to rise up and we're going to declare that we have victory in the name of Jesus. We have victory through the blood of Jesus. And we're going to rise up and God is going to break some chains tonight. God is going to break some strongholds tonight through what Jesus did as we stand on that promise tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. One of the most powerful stories, that, uh, that, that uh, miracles that I've seen and uh, um I, I, I kind of, uh, you may have heard me share this story before, or uh, uh, Andy may have shared this story, but a number of years ago in Argentina, uh, I think it was about three years ago, um, I was a, it was a Sunday night meeting, and I was, I was just praying for everybody in the church. It was a packed meeting, and um, I, I didn't have a translator with me, so I couldn't ask what people want to pray for. I was just literally going around just laying hands on people, and uh, there was a young man in that meeting called Yogi. Uh, Yogi had been diagnosed with an extremely serious form of schizophrenia. Um, he was so violent that his family kept him tied to the bed in the house. They, they could not, they, no one could control him or do anything with him. And in desperation, they were not churchgoers, but in desperation, they had brought him to church that Sunday night. And he was just one of the people in the meeting that I laid hands on and absolutely nothing dramatic or sensational happened at all. In fact, I can't even remember praying for him. But a year later, I was in that same church as Yogi stood up to share his testimony. And he said, as you laid hands on me, something lifted off of my life. He said, a year later, I'm healed, I'm whole, I love Jesus, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're training me up to be one of the leaders in this church. Friends, that is the goodness of God. That is the power that there is in the blood of Jesus. And whatever stronghold, whatever area of your life you are under attacking in tonight, you can have victory through his blood. Final thing is this. The blood of Jesus is a landing strip for the Holy Spirit. The blood of Jesus is a landing strip for the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone here tonight who wants to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Is there anyone here tonight who, even as you've been hearing these testimonies, you're saying, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to anoint my life with your power, with your presence. Who believes that tonight God can use them? Amen? You remember in the story of Genesis, in uh, in Genesis when Noah, after the flood, he sent a dove out. And the dove was looking for somewhere to land. You see, tonight the Holy Spirit is here. And he's looking for a person to land on. He's looking for a life tonight that he can anoint with his power. I just sense tonight that there's at least one person here. God wants to use you in a powerful, powerful way. But I'm so glad that tonight when the Holy Spirit looks at John, when the Holy Spirit looks at me, I'm glad he's not looking for perfection. I'm glad he's not looking for intelligence. 
I'm glad, certainly in John's case, he's not looking for good looks. Because the Holy Spirit tonight doesn't rest on our obedience or our goodness or our talents. The Holy Spirit lands on those that have been washed in the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, when the priests were anointed, it was a weird ceremony where they would take blood and they would put the blood on their right thumb, the earlobe of the right ear, and the big toe on the right foot. And then they would get oil, the Holy Spirit, and they would put the oil on the ear of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, the big toe on the right foot. In other words, the oil would come wherever the blood was. And that would anoint the priests to, be ser- to, to serve God. I want to say that tonight, even in our brokenness, even in our imperfections, God can use us. If you say tonight, God, I need you. I put all my faith in your blood. God, would you fill me and use me for your glory? I want to say God wants to fill people with his spirit tonight. God wants to fill people with his fire tonight. I was brought up in a good church, a solid Pentecostal church that believed that God could heal and do miracles. The only problem was we never saw any. Years and years we we prayed and declared and, and worshipped and sung and preached, but we never once saw God heal anyone. I became a pastor in that church. And like, you know, most pastors are spiritual churches. I pray for the sick, but anyone I prayed for, they didn't get better. They, they got worse. And I said, God, I need a breakthrough. I need your anointing. And there came a day when I was alone with God and, and the Holy Spirit filled my life with his fire and his power. And it totally changed my life forever. Friends, one encounter with the Holy Spirit. You come out, it's like, it's like Clark Kent going into the phone booth and coming out Superman. Friends, you might be, feel like the most ordinary person in this church. But tonight you have an encounter with God and you can be a superhero in the kingdom. God can use you powerfully for his glory. Who's up for that tonight? Let me close with, with this story. Um, my son Judah, he's five years old. And he loves the story of Jesus dying on the cross. Um, it's his favorite story. And so sometimes on a, on a night we'll, we'll read the story of the death and resurrection and then I'll put him to bed and a few months ago, um, I, we read the story and then I put him to bed. And as I was closing the door, he said, Daddy, did Jesus make a mistake? I thought, uh-oh, what, what kind of dodgy theology has he, has he got here? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And yet there are all these people in the world with all these problems. Did he make a mistake when he said it is finished? So I thought for a few seconds and then I said, no, Judah, when Jesus said it is finished, he really meant it. The problem is that sometimes people don't put their faith in what Jesus did for them on the cross. Now go to sleep. And as I close the door, 
I felt the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart. And I heard the voice of Jesus ask me a question. Well, did I make a mistake? So I thought, I said, no, Jesus. I heard him say, did did I make a mistake when I said you were forgiven? Did I make a mistake when I said that I was your healer? Did I make a mistake when I said I was your provider? Did I make a mistake when I said that I was your, you were my child and I would be with you always? Did I make a mistake when I said that you were more than a conqueror? I thought, no, Jesus. I trust you. So tonight, what do you believe? Do you believe he made a mistake? Or do you believe that he really is your healer? Do you believe that he really is your saviour? Do you believe that you really have the victory in his name? Do you believe that tonight he wants to fill you and anoint you and use you? Do you believe tonight that his blood is more powerful than any diagnosis of doctors or man? Do you believe that tonight his blood is more powerful than any sin? Do you believe that tonight his blood is more powerful than any demon or any attack or any stronghold or any addiction? Do you believe it? Then let's receive all that he has for us tonight. Come on, why don't we stand together? Why don't you just close your eyes right now where you are? There was a, another another Andrew Murray as well as me I'm the grumpy Scottish tennis player he was a great revivalist in South Africa about a hundred years ago and Andrew Murray said these words wherever the Holy Spirit is preached uh, sorry let me repeat that wherever the blood of Jesus is preached there the Holy Spirit will work And so tonight, as I have just preached simply on the most powerful thing there is, the blood of Jesus, I believe it's a message that the Holy Spirit will always honor and always will respond to. Are you ready to receive all that heaven wants to do tonight?